0: During several months in 2021, Duncan McMath and I, at Zoom, where we've combined to make Take the Ball, Pass the Ball, and El Presidente, and El Phenomeno, The phenomenon about Ronaldo Nosario. During several months in that year, we were in touch with the company that made Class of 92, and we were trying very hard to persuade Leo Messi to do to allow us access to do a kind of last dance film the journalistic worth of such a film was high anyway because access to Leo Messi beyond the occasional interview is is something that's pretty rare the world doesn't see as much of him as Perhaps they do have other great superstars across all sports. The commercial side of it was obvious. People will pay to stream, to download, to watch something that's independent, that's not a puff piece, that's genuinely got access to Leo Messi. And my little grain of sand to add was that I was convinced there was an extremely high chance of Leo Messi and Argentina winning the World Cup In 2022, in the end, there was no way to persuade either Lil Messi or his entourage. And we were told from the outset that they've been fielding for a number of years something like three or four proposals per month about a documentary, a film, various different iterations of that type of product. Some who've made the proposals have said, name your son. Others like us have tried to base the proposition upon previous working relationship, trust and the idea that something of all time value could be made Anyway, for the moment it's it's a fisherman's tale, it's just another one of those that, that got off the hook and indeed, he did win the World Cup. You probably all know, um, I've probably mentioned too many times that again I was tied to Spain, La Roja as their producer for the host broadcast service, HBS. And there were things of, of worth in that work, um, most particularly increased access and time with the really charismatic, electrically stimulating Luis Enrique Martinez, who was Spain coach then. I really enjoyed my little team of four of us that comprised Omar, Harry and Alex. We worked well, we had some fun. But the thing I'll never forget about the World Cup, apart from the fact that it was that it should never have been awarded in the way that it was, it was illegitimate, it should never have been a Winter World Cup, those two things remain disgraces. The thing that I'll remember is not only that Leo Messi finally won the World Cup, but how Argentina conquered it. I think after... Game one and the defeat against Saudi Arabia, and I remember watching that in the international broadcast centre where we were working that day, and all the immigrant workers I could see who had time off at that time, and they tended to be the the hundreds that were accumulated in in that massive building, tended to be from other um, Muslim countries, and they were. They were absolutely all, non-Saudis, they they were absolutely all cheering on Saudi Arabia. It was massive for them to see a team from their region defeating the favourite, one of the favourites for the World Cup. To bounce back from that and to emulate Spain, now the only two teams to have lost their opening game in a World Cup, but ultimately lifted the trophy in the final, was something that Leo Messi, I know, spent time in the training ground in the University of Qatar, about six or seven hundred metres away from where Spain were training. He spent time saying, I was a teammate of Xavi Iniesta and, and Puyol and um Busquets and Pedro and Piquet and Valdez when Spain lost the first game in twenty ten and then and then won the trophy. We don't panic, lads. We can still do this. I've paraphrased, but I know for a fact that that's what he was telling his teammates. Believe. That skips me on to why I wrote this column for ESPN FC. Sometimes in this industry, you're told things. Sometimes you find things out by fluke or good luck. Sometimes you simply use accumulated experience and you make a... An analytical, best estimate. In this instance, I was lucky to get a very good briefing, and it surprised me. I'd been one of the ones who would be most cynical about either the possibility of Leo Messi returning to Barcelona as a logistical fact, as something that was feasible, and also cynical about, or more than cynical, unclear, unsure about the potential success of Messi coming back to the place that he left in, in such such disgraceful circumstances, being ushered out, being betrayed, having the carpet pulled from underneath them, and leaving in tears. The idea of a comeback at his age to this version of Barcelona is something that appears to me to be seriously open to debate when you come to analyse is it a good idea or not. Nonetheless, the briefing that I received materially changed my understanding of the situation. And that's why I wrote this. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. PlushCare.com slash weightloss. Set against the backdrop of their current troubles, and you can choose whether accusations of trying to influence refereeing decisions, being in an atrocious state financially, or needing to abandon their camp now home for a couple of seasons is the more serious turbulence it would be easy to imagine that increasing rumours of FC Barcelona trying to repatriate Lionel Messi were no more than useful distraction tactics so that the club could divert attention away from their increasingly bleak situation. Smoke and mirrors and Messi, if you like. So it comes as an interesting twist in the tale to find, as I'm extremely confident is the case, that the entire idea of him re-signing for Barcelona, has been driven by Messi himself. The World Cup winning captain has, as has almost always been the case, the world at his feet. Paris Saint-Germain want him to renew the contract and fear the idea of being denuded by his departure. Money no object. Inter Miami know that Messi has long been working on a package deal to buy significant shares in the club and, in due course, Potentially play there. Leo Messi also knows that there's now a significant nine figure sum, count them, nine figures, on offer if he chooses to go and play in Saudi Arabia and set up another series of Cristiano Ronaldo versus Leo Messi battles and who's better snooze fests, while the Saudis try to compete to host the World Cup in 2030. But it was the 35-year-old genius who departed Camp Now after a flood of trophies, goals and general brilliance in floods of tears nearly two seasons ago who decided that his first option was to go home. When current Barcelona Vice President Rafa confirmed contacts with Messi's people a fortnight ago, he framed his press conference answer that he personally had a thorn in his side about how things had ended, that he, Rafa yuste, wanted to persuade Messi to have a Michael Jordan-esque last dance experience because beautiful stories should end well. It portrayed as if Barca, in the midst of this almost all-consuming institutional mess they're in, were the ones with the vision, the humility, the daring to try and put right a horrible, cold-hearted fracture which they themselves had inflicted in the relationship between the Camp Nou club and Lionel Andres Messi. Just in case you've forgotten what happened, Messi agreed to cut his salary by 50% in order to help Barcelona renew his expiring contract back in 2021, then flew over to the Camp Nou from his holiday in Ibiza thinking that a deal had been struck, but discovered instead that President Juan Laporta had changed his position by 180 degrees, that there was no new contract and, in effect, Barcelona had unceremoniously dumped their greatest ever footballer. A couple of months after he gave his distraught adios press conference, Messi told Diario Sport, Nobody ever asked me to play for free. They asked me to reduce my salary by 50% and I agreed because I wanted to help the club and my whole family wanted to stay in Basora. I was willing to do everything I could to make that possible. That's why what the president said was so hurtful. There was absolutely no need for it. He threw me to the wolves without taking responsibility for his actions or considering the consequences. It raised all sorts of doubts in people's minds and I really believe I deserve better than that. You'd be forgiven that so soon after Messi drove Argentina to the holy grail of winning the World Cup, everything that Barcelona were doing made it look as if they'd seen the error of their ways and were at least trying to make things good again. You'd have been forgiven for the suspicion that it was smoke and mirrors to distract fans and club members who were furious at the state of the club in both financial and reputational terms. That hasn't been how this story emerged. In fact, it began when Messi decided to message Xavi. His idea was to tell his ex-teammate and fellow treble winner of 2009 and 2015 that his first option, if it could be sanctioned by Xavi the coach, and if the club could find a financial mechanism to make it work, would be to move back to his Mediterranean mansion, to test out his ability to stay in condition to compete in the 2026 US-Mexico-Canada World Cup and to remove the metaphorical thorn from his side. I'm not quoting directly from Xavi's response to Messi, but I can assure you 100% that the current Barcelona coach has extremely firm and clear views on the training ground regime he inherited a few days after Messi gave that interview to Diario Sport back in November 2021. Chavi was, to put it mildly, utterly shocked. His interpretation on inheriting the coach's job was that things were slack, that a star players are in charge vibe had taken root, and he was completely committed to making root and branch changes. So when Messi recently floated the possibility of return, I can guarantee equally strongly that Chabby's first criterion, without hesitation, would have been my team, my training ground, my rules, no matter who you are. In my briefing, I was assured that Messi had anticipated this and accepted the new era rules without hesitation. Now, put yourself in Chavi's shoes. There's the temptation to tell the club, listen, don't tell Leo, but I'm perfectly happy coaching a young, obedient, unified squad. Might that be your response? But Barcelona's current coach is a complete football addict. He will have been watching most of Messi's 69 Paris Saint-Germain matches. Chavi will have known offhand that the man who now yearns to return has scored or assisted 64 times in those 69 appearances. But did you know that? I'll admit, I had to look it up. Did you know that Messi has been responsible for a goal contribution, 31 scored, 33 assisted, once every 93 minutes? During which time, of course, he not only captained Argentina to that World Cup glory I was talking about, he scored seven and made three, meaning that he produced a goal contribution in Qatar every 69 minutes. Just stop to think. If your club were buying a 25-year-old with those stats, what would they pay? Would it break the world record 222 million euros Paris Saint-Germain paid to buy Neymar? <laughs> I think we all know it would. Halfway through this time in the French capital, he admitted, I don't know what I'll do when my contract here expires. My wife and I definitely want to come back to live in Barcelona, but other than that, I've no clear plans. I've always said I'd love to come back to Barca and do whatever I can to help the club that I love continue to grow. I think a role like technical secretary would be a good fit for me. I can't promise it will happen. But I'd love to end up back at Barca again, working to make sure it continues to be one of the greatest clubs in the world. End quote. But let's face stark facts here. La Liga calculates that Barcelona are 200 million euros away from where they need to be in order to meet their financial fair play regulations. Which is why the verbally agreed contract renewals for players like Gavi, Marcos Alonso, Sergio Roberto and Ronald Araujo have not been permitted to be formalised or registered with La Liga. As an explanation, it's slightly simplistic, but Barcelona will effectively require to generate 200 million euros, cut 200 million euros or an amalgamation of both ideas before they can even register those new contracts, let alone sign Leo Messi or indeed anybody else. Given that there'll be a hefty loss of revenue when moving to play up on Monjuic Hill in the Olympic Stadium, that really looks like an almost impossible task. Little wonder the city of Barcelona is awash with rumours that the club is petitioning La Liga for flexibility on the special case that restoring Leo Messi to Spanish football, not just to Barcelona, would be to everybody's benefit. Hmm. Before even considering whether Messi has it in him mentally and physically to continue contributing at such a high level, given that he turns 36 in June, before considering whether his inspiration in staying competitive until the 2026 World Cup will be sufficiently motivational, the hard truth is that comebacks are usually not a great idea, needs to be confronted. Can Barcelona somehow put together the right conditions for Messi's newest dream to be fulfilled? Will it work if they do? Are we destined to go down this tortuous route only to see Messi left tearful and distraught at the altar once again? The whole idea is odds against. But then, so was Messi leading Argentina to the World Cup. Indeed, so was most of his literally astonishing career. The fact that this is Messi-driven, however, offers just a glimmer of a possibility that the music is still playing, and a last dance might be in prospect.